What's good, everybody? Uh, this is 99 Miles Per Hour Podcast with me, your host, Percy Garner. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we don't have any new five-star uh, ratings on our podcast, which is weird because we're the best podcast. Um, on Apple Podcasts, we are the best, right, Josh? Okay. Well, your other ones are good, too. Sorry. <laughs> uh, speaking of those, actually, we would like you to try out all the podcasts that are on the Get Level Podcast um, website. And that's getlevelpod.com. And then also check out the Teespring store somewhere. Josh puts it somewhere on the screen uh, to help out uh, my foundation or my con my scholarship that I have for Dover students. Sorry, Philly, but for Dover students. Um, and then quickly, I just got a haircut. Finally, the wife cut my hair. If you guys want a cut color extensions, whatever. Ray, you want extension? No. <laughs> extensions, uh, you can go visit her Instagram and then we might put that on the screen too. I think that's called Hair by Krista Garner uh, and check her out and uh, go get your haircut. Um, but yes, so we do have a special guest today and uh, it is Dover New Philly week. So I thought it was fitting to have him on. I'm glad he was able to, I guess, join us on such, such short notice. But uh, the intro we have for our guest today is... Um, well, I just want to say something. This dude has been working really hard on this project, and I'm excited for this. I can't wait for it to come out. But we have, what is it, dreamer, writer, creator. creator. Yes. Ray, do you like Ray or Ray Smalley? Uh, Raymond? I, Raymond, my yeah, Raymond for the better part of my life, but I've been called both. Okay. So... Well, we got Raymond Smalley here today, guys. And uh, like I said, short notice, he came in, and uh, you know we're glad to have you. How you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. And... Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have you on here because we got some stuff to talk about. Obviously, we will begin with uh, some things, you know, about you. But just, you know, how have you been doing lately? Like, where, where's your mind at? Has this project been fun or you, you're driving yourself crazy? Oh, no. Listen, um, if, if <laughs> you know, and, and, and we kind of had this conversation uh, when I told you how late I was up last night. Yeah, when I got that message, I was like, oh, this dude's working out and, here. <laughs> and, and, and that's, and that's the, 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 the process of writing, the process of creating. There's, I mean, you know, I think, I think about my, I, I, I think about my dad and, and, you know, it, it, it you know, what he would, and I'll clean up what he, what he used to say, which is it, it, it beats the heck out of getting up and, and, and shoveling mule junk for a living. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm but, pretty sure he put it a different way. Yeah, he actually did several times. <laughs> Good. We appreciate it. We appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, whether it's, you know, the, when I texted you at, I think three thirty this morning, I, it was one of those I started revising the opening scene of the new screenplay I'm working on and it's it's one fifteen, you're like, I should go to bed. And, you know, you're done it at, at you know, you go to sleep at four fifteen listening to a podcast where Stephen Bodgeko talks about the process of of you know the genesis of LA Law and Hill Street Blues and NYPD Blue. And wow. <laughs> a week ago, the narration for the teaser trailer that I sent you, it was one of those of, you know, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan. Um, <laughs> watch the end of that game needed, you know, and I'm talking about Seattle and needed a good hour and a half to get that game out of my system. Yeah. Um, at least the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I sat down um, with my laptop to just make notes for the, the narration would be the teaser trailer. And I felt good about it. And I wrote this, you know, I wrote this, this material that I felt with 114 words that I felt was really good. And the next day, as I had sent it out to people for feedback, I said, did I miss anything? And they're like, you forgot painting the rock on seven mile drive. I'm like, you can tell I wrote this at four in the morning, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's never, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, writing a new screenplay, whether it's, you know, writing, a working on a short, whether it's revising, um, the limited series I'm working on, obviously this documentary researching, uh, subjects for another documentary. At the end of the day, you, you, you constantly get to learn. You constantly get to meet interesting people. Um, there are stories I could tell you about Dover people, you know, Philly people I had met before, that you get a chance to spend, you know, and you obviously remember the, the long form interview we did the first one on the phone that was, you know, yeah, I think we three, split three hours I, over the, two sessions. Yeah, yeah, Cause sure, we did sure. like an hour and a half and then had to do like another hour and a half, two hours, yeah. which was not uncommon. I mean, with Daniel, I spent, it was seven hours over two nights. Dang. And you know, you just, every day that, that you get to learn that you get to meet people that you get to make new friends that again, you get to do a project that just is, I'll leave the person's name out of it as I don't know if he'd want me sharing this on air. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I stopped at somebody's house to pick up, you know, their scrapbooks and the stuff that they had played. And, and I had talked to this person before and to look at him, he looks as healthy as you and I. Yeah. And he happens to mention to me, um, he happens to mention to me that he's, undergoing a second round of, of, of chemo okay. and he's undergoing treatment for cancer. And naturally my, I mean, he had played for, for Philly and, and naturally my reaction was the, the human reaction we'd all have, or at least I hope we would all have, which is if there's anything I can do, you yeah. know? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, you're doing something. And that's what's up. And that just, there are so many, I, I could tell stories for, for the entire length of this podcast of the people I've met and just so many moments that have, have touched my heart. So many moments that were unexpected. Uh, so many moments that, that 30 years from now, when I've moved on to other subjects and, you know, this thing is, is a DVD sitting on somebody's shelf that they haven't watched in 10 <laughs> years. Um, I'll still feel connected to all the people I've met. I will, I will still tell stories about this. I'll still feel grateful about this. So to answer your question, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, if I could survive doing six interviews a day on the same subject while staring at the same four walls while we're all locked in our houses, yeah, there's, there's nothing, you know. I mean, it's, it's interesting to have Dover Philly Week right now. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like it's you said, weird. it's not even October yet. Um, <laughs> and yet, I mean, just the, 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 the creative aspect of, of every project that I'm involved in. And like I said, you get to meet new people and make new friends and, 
you know, the other night, you know, Rich Schweitzer dropping off birthday cupcakes for his daughter, you uh, know, I mean, that's the best part of, of, of this whole project and, and just life generally. That, that is, was my peewee football coach. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I um, heard a great story. I, oh, I'm okay. sorry to no, you're interrupt. Good. You're good. I heard a great story about you. And again, I'll leave the person's name out of it. Um, but is it true that you ran late for practice and, um, the, I think it was your grandmother that dropped you off and the person, and she said, now, now tell the person why you're late. And you looked at your, you looked at, at one of the coaches and said, grandma wouldn't let me leave. So I finished my homework. <laughs> it makes sense. Probably okay. is. <laughs> Probably is right. So yeah, somebody uh, yeah. involved with the, the Pee-wee program told me that, and I was, just, and again, that's that's one of those stories that I don't even know if it if it makes the the cut or a DVD extra, and yet you hear that story and you're just like, yeah, this is why I'm doing. Yeah, this is this is what's fun about about my life. Yeah, I mean, in creating, I mean, just like this, this is a form of creation, and I have. I've, never really done anything like this, but I, I really appreciate, you know, the help that I get from Josh and just being able to have the opportunity to create something and just have people react to it. Now, I know what you're doing is a much bigger project than what I've ever used to. But before I get into what I've learned about the Dover Philly week through the interview with you, um, just a, a quick like little background. What made you get into, you know, wanting to be a creator besides the saying your dad said uh, and just make make films, I guess. Well, I think the first time I heard that saying from my dad, I think you know, being a filmmaker or just being creative in general was nowhere, you know, nowhere in my thought process. Um, for me, I, I, from a very early age, um, I mean, six, seven, eight years old, um, I was writing and, and, and reading and just, you know, coloring and, and just being involved in my grandma. I'll tell you a story about my grandmother. My grandmother um, used to take, um, she sewed, she crocheted, okay. um, but she would take, you know, the, the packets, of, not a notebook, but the packets of, of paper, you get the like 300 pages that are in plastic, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. And my grandma would take those and tie those together with her crochet yarn. And she would just be like, just write or draw or call it, just do something with it. And, and that, you know, I'm sure what I wrote and created back then was very, very bad. Uh, <laughs> so now we all start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that over, over, as I got into to grade school and as I developed and, you know, you go through high school and then you go through college, you know, a number of people tell you like, Hey, I, I you write really well. Okay, well, you're my family. You're supposed to say that. Okay, you're my friend. You're supposed to say that. Okay, you're somebody I've known since I was in kindergarten. You're supposed to say that. Eventually, it's like, all right, like, you, and you start to become aware of the. I mean, and when speaking of things, I could speak an hour about it, it, just the process of writing. You know, I mean, you're a pitcher. You know when you have your fastball. You know, I can't. It's indescribable. When I wrote the narration of the trees, teaser trailer, it is indescribable when you have your fastball, quote unquote, it's, there's nothing that, that can be compared with just when you write together, there's a great movie broadcast news where the kid who's smart, you know, that gets picked on, you know, as, as the bullies are walking away from him, he yells it back. You know, you'll never have the feeling of an original thought or writing a beautiful <laughs> sentence or 
And yeah, you can laugh at that. It, that's kind of, there's nothing that compares to when you put something down and especially when you're, it's different if you're writing a book and I've never written a book. I can only imagine what that is. When you're writ- when you're writing something that is meant to be performed, i.e. narration, uh, dialogue in a screenplay, you can see the scene, you know those characters, you can hear music, you can can hear the rhythm that you want it at, you can see the visuals you pair it with. That that's what I mean when I when I wrote the narration for the teaser trailer, and I, I I know I keep going back to that. But I believe we're gonna actually start filming it next week. Um, Nice. And when you know when I was writing that you know, you hear the, the, you hear the piano and you hear the music you have under it. And, and that's where, again, that's where it touches you. That's where it gets emotional. I mean, also I should say just being a cancer, um, if you know anything about astrology, I mean, I do not (laughs) deep, deeply emotional, deeply loyal, deeply creative, deeply, you know, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, I think half of Tuscarawas County at this point has my phone number that, you know, if you're, you know, if you see somebody on Facebook, that's, that's going through something, you know what, I don't care if it's midnight, call me, you know? Um, and so, I mean, it was partly, you learn you're a good writer. It's partly, you know, this emotional core that I have and, you know, again, things that are meant to be performed. So you see, um, you, you, you see, you visualize the scene, you know how that character feels when you write something where one character is mean to another, you know how that feels. Um, that's probably what led me into, you know, writing. And I I have very, one last quick story. I had a very funny, um, (laughs) interaction with a, a, friend of mine that was a professor um, that I had, I was just having him read over something. And he said to me, have you, you know, this is really good. Have you ever thought about, you know, writing fiction? And that's where I went back to, I don't want to, I don't want to write a book. And he said, you know, you can do more than a book. I said, well, okay, well I could write narration or I could, I guess, you know, like, what are you thinking? He's like, you should write a screenplay. And I, Again, this tells you coming from from here where you don't have a lot of artistic influences. I naively I was it's a screenplay. And he's like, You ever watched a movie or television show? And I said, Yeah. And he's like, You know that people they're not making that up so they go along. And I was like, (laughs) People get paid to do that. He's like, People get paid incredibly well to do that. (laughs) You know? And so, you know, it's like I went that I went out that night and bought uh, Sid Field's book on how to write a screenplay, which is cleverly titled "How to Write a Screenplay." Um, if 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 anybody that that watches or listens to this is thinking about, all right, this is the direction I want to go in, I cannot recommend, you know, that book enough. And you know, because you're always again, it's you're always learning when you're creating something, but you're also you're always learning as well when, you know. It, it, it's again, the process and the craft of writing. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish the answer saying this, watching uh, John Wells who created uh, ER and third watch and, um, and the West wing and listening to him last week, or I should say pr- produced, not created. Um, he had a great uh, 
conversation with Stephen Bochco and he went in to interview to try to, to, to be a writer. And, and Stephen Bochco looked at him and said, how high is your stack? And Wells is kind of like, huh? And he's like, if you, yeah, he's like, if you stack them all up, he said, everything you've written, is it, is it here? Is it here? And he's like, how about here? And Bochco's like, come back to me when it's here. You know? So it's like you, again, it's, it's, Half of it's the emotional core. Half of it is enough people told me I could write well that I decided, hey, let me do this. And then you just, you get into creating worlds. And the, the screenplay I'm working on right now is something that happened to me um, in, in college. You just get into creating these worlds and these characters and, 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 you know, you get into doing this project and it's like, yeah, this is fun. You know, I can't imagine, you know, I have a friend that's in IT. I can't imagine doing that. I mean, <laughs> he makes great money and I'm sure it's fascinating for him. I can't imagine doing that. Well, I love IT, so, okay. but no. <laughs> yeah, and I don't do that. So, um, but I mean, I sell it, but. Yes. Um, well, when you, when you, you know, knowing that, you know, obviously this is what you've wanted to do forever. Like, what kind of possessed you to take on a project like this? And, and let me preface it by saying this project, there's a lot of obviously history well, about hundred and set. So, this is one seventeen. Yeah. They first say, oh, played okay. in 1896. Yeah. I was going to say 120 years. So 117 years. Um, there's a lot of people that are involved. Um, and just, there hasn't been anyone that's really done this project. But none of that scared you away. What kind of, let's just say first, what kind of sparked you and says, you know what? I'm going to do this Dover New Philly thing. I'll, I'll lead into it with the Bobby Kennedy quote of, of some people see things as they are and ask why. Other people dream things never possible and ask why not. Mm. Um, I'm always a why not kind of person. Um, for me, not this past summer, but the previous summer. Um, and I can't remember for the life. It would make the story more complete if I knew what I was Googling at the time. I don't. I can't remember for the life of me. <laughs> I discovered that there was no place you could go online to find at least the score of every Dover Philly game. Oh, okay. However, you can go to Massler McKinley's website. You can go to Steubenville's website. And I think you can find the weather conditions for every game they ever played. Wow. And it was one of those moments that I'm, uh, you know, I thought, this is interesting. Someone should really do this. Okay. And I moved <laughs> on to other things in my head. And then fast forward to last year, the week of Dover Philly um, one sixteen which was the day before Maslin McKinley 130, you know, when we could all get together in stadiums and you know, yeah. live our lives. <laughs> enjoy exactly. everything that we used to enjoy. <laughs> you know, now, don't get me wrong. The Hill Friday night, Wabash Hill is going to look like Woodstock. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, uh, I watched a great documentary. Again, I was looking up something else and came across uh, Timeless Rivals, which is the story of Maslin McKinley which Ted Bauer Sox, who became a friend, uh, executive produced, and I cannot thank him enough for all of, of his advice and support. He's incredible. Um, if you've never seen Timeless Rivals, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, okay. everyone, everyone should watch it. And I, I watched that. Then on Friday night, I go to Dover, Philly, which last year, again, sorry, Philly, great game. Um, 
didn't exactly work out for the black and red. Unbelievable game. <laughs> and you see 75-year-old people that have absolutely no business out on a chilly early November night. And yet they're there because in some way they played in it, they coached in it, their sons played in it, their daughters cheered in it, their kids were in the band. They are somehow connected to this place and this event that that year after year we return to. And so I watched that game. The next day went to Maslin McKinley and on Sunday I threw out in two Facebook groups I'm in. I said, anybody know where I could find every yearbook? And they said, yeah, Quaker Foundation Dover Public Library. And I said, okay. So on Wednesday of that week, I reached out to Ted Bowersox. Never thought in a hundred years he'd respond to me at all. <laughs> no. And he wrote me back and said, I have time this evening you want to talk. He gave me 90 minutes on the phone. And I said, I want to do exactly what you did. How'd you do it? And he said, get the support of both schools. And so the next morning I emailed Brooke Grafe and Eric Jerkovich blind. And I said, <laughs> you have absolutely no idea who I am. Um, I want to do this project. Will you meet with me? And I, Eric wrote me back five minutes later and said, yeah, you can meet with me and, 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 and Matt Dennison, who's our AD. I knew who Matt was because he's also a football coach. Yes. And I didn't hear from, from, I went in a week later to meet with them. It was November 5th. Ironically, Jerkovich is, Eric Jerkovich is a McKinley alum. And it was the day after Maslin lost the state title game. And I walked in, I walked into his office at Philly high school. And I said, how do you feel this morning? He's like, those people don't understand the ghosts of our dead alumni. We'll never let them win a state championship in our building. Why <laughs> were there ghosts of your dead alumni? I might hang out someplace else. I mean, you can hang out anywhere. And I don't know. That facility is pretty. <laughs> it is. It is very nice. Um, I sat down with, with Matt and Eric and I said, um, how's this work? Does Dover and Philly talk to each other? He said, yeah, Brooke emailed me. And I said, what'd you say? And he said, you guys meet with him. If it's legit, we'll meet with him. <laughs> Great. Sat out with Eric. Sat out with Eric and Matt for an hour. Um, got home that night. Had an email from Brooke Grafe waiting me. How's a week from Friday? Awesome. <laughs> so went in and met with her and Tim McCrate. Um, and I, there people don't understand. Projects don't get done for two reasons, and I'm talking scripted, non-scripted. Anything projects do not get done for two reasons. One is money, and the other is the thousand trip wires that you have to avoid between A and 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 you know the the beginning and the, and the end. And I cannot. There are a hundred people I could thank. The top of that list: Matt Dennison, Dan Ift, Tim McCrate, Eric Jerkovich, Brooke Grave, who. Uh, who did they had, get you? They got you through all the tripwires. Pretty most, much, most, most of them. them. <laughs> most of them. I'm still, I'm still there. I'm still there. Are a couple. I'm still certain there are a couple of people that would like to burn my house down with me in it. Uh, <laughs> but they, they had faith in this person who they didn't know, um, who they were meeting for the first time that day, um, 
And they, I cannot say enough of, of them allowing me the freedom to do this project, the freedom to, I mean, I said, look, you will be a partner in, I won't give you the store, but you can say, all right, we'd prefer this is not in there and this is not in there. And can you, you know, I remember, in fact, I remember a conversation with Tim where he said, what's your, what's your baseline? And I said, can you tell the story of this without X? If you can, great. If you can't, then let's talk about a way that we can, that that we can work together. Um, And I walked out of Brooke and, and Tim's office on December 13th. And I, the first thing I did was December 13th is my birthday. I just thought I'd mention that. Excellent. <laughs> um, I walked out of, of, um, their office. And I remember the first thing I did was, was drive by the two, obviously leaving Dover high school, drove by the school, um, both schools and drove by the two stadiums. And my first thought was I'm never going to look at these places the same way again. Um, my second thought was, all right, you have the project. This is going to be interesting. And you, know, you start making contacts with people and reaching out to people. And, you know, thank you to the Dover. Uh, you grew up in the seventies, eighties and nineties group and the new Philly alumni group who graciously let me into both groups, even though I didn't go to either place. Um, <laughs> We're nice around here. <laughs> they, yes, you are. Um, and they let me into to both places and, and just anytime I needed somebody, Hey, have you talked to this person or I can connect you with this person or I need this person's number. Well, I know their mom and let me get you their number. I, I mean, there were a few people that I didn't get to track down, uh, but even, I mean, even Daniel, it's a funny story of, I guess he reached out, he told me he reached out to you. Yeah. Like, is this thing real? Yes. <laughs> it, it is both real and spectacular. And yeah, it, yeah, it's, that's kind of how I, and I made myself, December 26th was the first interview I did. I had 193 conversations after that. And I made myself one promise, which is wherever the facts take you is where they take you. If Dover's won X in a row, if Philly has this bad chapter in their history, if Dover has this bad chapter in their history, if Philly has a coach that didn't live up to expectations, go where the facts take you. And at the end of the day, for those who watch the teaser trailer or the actual trailer or any of the interview clips we've had on or the feature when completed. And you look at the screen and you say, God, I would have done this different, this different. I'm not, I invite you to do your own. Um, (laughs) It has been the last 11 months of my life. I've enjoyed every moment. I hope you do as well. (laughs) Well, with that being said, um, obviously we know this project has been, long and, and, and difficult, but also fun. Um, but like you said earlier, there's two things, you know, that are, that can help you get done with, we already talked about the tripwires. Now we need to talk about the, the funding. So obviously I have been in an interview with you. I've also done the on camera interview. I've seen how much time and you know, the, the vision that you have. So I'm pretty excited. Um, so I guess just touch on, uh, I guess an in 
goal like date <laughs> if there is one at ETA and uh, you know I guess how much money you need and you know how you're going about doing that and maybe how how can people help uh, what is first amazing is that I remember the conversation I had with Ted Bowersox where he talked about shooting Maslin McKinley they budgeted at 75 and shot at 150,000 it's doubled yeah yeah <laughs> And they, now they didn't do any off camera interviews. They didn't do anything long form. You know, they didn't, you know, they did everything on camera, which tends to burn through your budget. Um, when I began this project, if somebody would have said to me, Hey, this is a, a noble ambition that you're undertaking. There's going to be a pandemic in three months. <laughs> I think I would have said, okay, it's interesting. I got this other project I could work on. I'll come back to this. You know, Dover, Dover Philly in Dover Philly, the documentary is called Generational Game. It's it's gonna play in 2022 like it plays in 2020. Let's let's go work on this other thing. <laughs> and of course I didn't. By the time that a pandemic hit, you're already doing interviews and starting to do research and writing th- and you're like, all right, well. Dover and New Philadelphia have, have placed a lot of faith in me. Don't want to let them down. Don't ever want to let anybody down. And so I found a director of photography who outstanding. The problem is, is that with the demands on his time, you know, he ultimately, you know, ended up going in another direction. Also, there were, you know, kind of, I remember a conversation that I had with him where we talked about you know, what the focus of the film should be. And I've had this conversation with, with so many people where you talk to people from both sides that are, it's hatred and we don't like them. They don't like us. And it's this is one day a year and it's bragging rights. And it's, that sounds like an amazing film. You should make that film. <laughs> What I wanted to make a film about is, you know, is you, is the relationship that Daniel had with his dad, uh, Aaron Wallace, and what he went through after missing the extra point in 1996, 1974, and did they water the field, Um, 1980, um, Steve Barentz and Todd Espensheed, and, you know, one of them having a tumor in his knee, the other one um, going through, getting paralyzed in a scrimmage. Um, which led to a telethon and, and one of the most amazing moments to me in the history of this rivalry. I wanted to make a film about human beings and, and also this place that is, is magical to me, this place that I drive through a thousand times a, a year. And yet I'll, again, I'll never look at it the same way. And so as it kind of, as the visions kind of diverged and he got busier and busier, I said, you know, I think, you know, you're incredible at what you do. You know, I don't know if you have the time. And, and, and he and he said, I, I'm kind of glad you brought that up. I, I don't, you know, <laughs> of course, when that ended and, you know, we got the interview footage that we've done and, and it was a, you know, all right, we got to go look for somebody else he was working on a, on a different, he wasn't working on an upfront deal. 
Um, we When we found somebody else that was good that I spent two very long conversations with, it's like, I really like what you do visually. I think you're, you know, you're in line with what I want to do. I said, here's, you know, what are you thinking? And he gave me a number and I said, okay, that's doable. Not like I have that money lying around. <laughs> and, you know, it's, a, it's fascinating to me when you talk to Dover and Philly people, when you bring up $40,000, oh my goodness, guys, Massimo McKinley, 150,000. I'm shooting it for a third, Yeah, you know? Um, and that's soundtrack and everything else. Um, you know, and that's, to me, that's what makes the project so special is that you can, you know, it doesn't have to be stock music and it doesn't have to be the, you know, the stories everyone's told and, you, you know, visually you can present it in a different way and you can, again, you can do the interviews. And I remember conversations with, with my then director of photography when he, he would say to me after certain interviews, like, that's an interesting, like, why that question? And, and I remember saying that, you know, I have a roadmap. I know exactly where I'm going. Now it's a roadmap. It's not a GPS. It's a roadmap that you have to spread across the hood of a car and think like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. That's exactly where I am. You know, it's, it, you're, you're putting together this 10,000 piece puzzle and, and you know that it's about Dover or Philly. You know that they play football. Uh, you know who Dan Ift and Matt Dennison are. You know some of the more legendary figures, but there are a thousand little stories that you've never heard. Um, and I think that when we released the teaser trailer and and that talks about, I'll, I'll I have to talk about them because they're an, they're an incredible family, and actually their son will play Friday night. Um, so I went to Aiden Hall's house, um, or he's. I guess his grandparents' yep. house. Yep. And I knocked on the door and that was to pick up his letterman jacket and stuff we were going to use on camera. And his mother, Kelly, who is the most amazing, kind, sweet woman you'd ever want to meet. Um, I remember she answered the door and she's like, well, we got all of Aiden's stuff ready. She's like, but we got Mary's Eifers pizza. Would you like some pizza? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I ended up sitting with their entire family um, as her seventh grade daughter, um, swam with her friend in their pool and we sat there and ate pizza and told stories. And I left there at midnight and I remember driving back by the hospital and going, you know, the corner of, of Ray and fourth where Philly high school is. And as I drove back to my house, what came into my mind was, Oh, I'm a child of the red and black. I'm a child of the crimson and gray. I'm a child of these places. I'm a child of, first town days and canal days and the Delphian and the swirl and Bill Kidd drive and Dick Haynes way two yards and thousands of bricks. And it was about this place that again, we're all from and we all grow up in and we all know. And yet it just is so special for all of us. And, and that, it's not just the game. The, the, there are a lot of, so many sports projects, and I've said this to people, so many sports projects fail because that's a great game and the history of that game. If you're a sports fan, that's awesome. Yeah. If you're not a sports fan, you don't care that Dover and Philly have played 117 times. Yeah. Um, you don't <laughs> care what the score of the first game was, the 116th game was. Um, you know, I remember, I remember 
getting home that my phone was dead. I remember getting home and running inside and like scribbling something down on just, you know, a, a notebook and thinking like, this is what this project is. And so, you know, the film I wanted to make was, and again, I give all the thanks in the world to the people that have trusted me with that vision. The, I wanted to make a, a film about human beings. I wanted to make a film about why this place is special, why this game is special, why these people are special. Um, and, you know, when he decided to leave, it was, it was kind of, all right, there's no way this isn't happening. I've, this is at that point, it was nine months of my life. Um, I don't have kids. This is probably the closest I will ever have to having kids um, <laughs> is creating a project. And you now I, you do, you love them like you love them, like you've raised your, your, your children. And when I found somebody else, it's all right. It's $40,000. It's not that much. We got, we can find this somewhere. Yeah. And so you start having conversations and I mean, to the people that download the, to the people that have donated already, you, I'm eternally grateful um, for the people, by the way, that, that haven't donated that have again, messaged or Facebook, Facebooked me, or, you know, I, I have my dad's old letterman jacket, or I have this tape or, you know, gave me three hours on the phone <laughs> for an interview or, you know, got into deeply personal subjects, which can't be easy to talk about even years later. Um, I'm eternally grateful for everybody I've ever met. And that's right. Thompson, the great American author has a, a saying that I'm not the teller of a story. I'm merely the custodian of it. That's how I felt through this whole journey. That's how I felt through this whole lonely road of faith, if you will, uh, <laughs> that, that, I get to hear all these stories and, and I get to so many people have touched me and, and, uh, and I've had the chance to touch so many people. Um, again, friends I'll have for life. Um, you know, people I get to, I mean, we mentioned Daniel earlier, you know, I get to call and congratulate him when, when him and his wife announced that, that they were expecting their first child, you know, you bring matching stuffed animals to, um, to, um, Matt Reese's twin daughters, you know, um, you take birthday cupcakes to, to Sydney Spiker in, in Philly. Um, that's what's amazing about this whole project is, is everyone I've gotten to meet. Uh, people can help. And, and again, I, I remember a conversation with somebody that like, well, if you feel that passionate about this whole project, why not just finance this yourself? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's an idea. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That, that would have been um, great. That would have been great to do. But exactly. Um, I mean, at, at the and, and look, it's it's the great line from Almost Famous where he talks about it's not about the money, although some money would be nice. Um, <laughs> and that's at the end of the day. That's I guess I'm unique in that. Is that at the end of the day, I want to see. I don't care if every screenplay I ever write gets, you know broadcast by TV too. Um, you know, I don't care if, if 25 people see this documentary at the end of the day, I did this at the end of the day, I committed to this and I did the best. I told the best possible story. Cause that at the end of the day, whether it's this podcast and I, I wanted to say too, I, 
admire you so much. I mean, you talked about it's not the biggest podcast. It doesn't matter. You're going out there and you're doing something and you're being creative and you're taking a chance. How many people sit in bars or basements or around a dinner table and I can sing better than that. I could write better than that. I could produce a television show that's better than that. Great. Do it. (laughs) All right. Because let me say this, and you know this too, people will throw bricks at you. They will laugh at you. They will say, well, that wasn't very good. I did it though. Yeah. I mean, it's just like athletes. I mean, people sit at home and then they criticize the athletes without, that was basically what my podcast with Goody is, was uh, about, but, um, but I do, uh, obviously we could probably go on for triple this time. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's there's a hundred stories of this rivalry that, that, uh, you know, I could tell you, I mean, I kind of saw your face when I talked about Barents and Esmanshid, you know, like I said, there's that there's 74 and did they water the field? There's 65 when, Nick Incarnado swears he never touched the ball, and then Paul Huff scored the touchdown. There's 1989 and Sean Gribble's fumble caused by Don Watson, and Sean Gribble, who is now a Dover police officer, yep. says that the first words out of his mouth were, I still wake up 30 years later and see that play. You uh, know, there's there's 2004, and, you know, you're 9-0, and and your entire season's been gravy excellent. You haven't beaten Dover in nine years and they've outscored you 293 to 58. You know, there's there's 2005 and Jordan Miller and never again. Um, you know, look my ears. No, <laughs> there's two. You know what? I'll give you a happy memory. There's 2006 and 14 7 in the driving rain and you guys did not lose three in a row. Philly has still not won three in a row since 1956 to 1958. Mm. Um, you know, there's, you know, and then, by the way, we can talk about 2011 and and Hunter Joseph and did he get held or did he just try to catch the ball with one hand? Uh, depends on who you ask. There's there's 2000, you know, there's 2012 and Felipe Bravo's field goal. There's 2013 and the, you know, the, the, the interception and then Jamal Johnson and you know, Matt Dennison saying, you know, we're going 22 personnel and no one's touching the ball, but five and we're going to win. And, and 2016 and it's wide left 2017 and four overtimes 2019 when you're Philly and your entire season is gravy. Excellent. You're state ranked number one, you're nine and oh, and on a play ran a thousand times that season, Baron arm, Baron, Man. Baron May's arm snaps into a shape that God didn't intend they took a seven point lead on the next play. And then Aiden Hall, who played the, that's why people this year say to Aiden Hall, well, you got to play the game of your life this year. Yeah. Cause he did that last year <laughs> and they won 34, 28. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, there, there, so, yeah, we could tell, I got to come back at some point. There's, there's, there's a hundred stories I could tell you about human beings and, and, you know, things they've said to me and stuff that was said to me off the record. I can lead names out and it's fun. And, and, and by the way, the 21 combined hours that I got to spend with Matt Dennison and Dan Ift, um, who are not what you see on the sidelines, yeah. who are remarkable, brilliant, intelligent, smart human beings who just, who again gave, you know, were completely honest with me, talked about things that, Maybe they hadn't talked about in years. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll give you one last quick story and then I'll tell you how people can help. Dan, I'll never forget when I went in to interview him the first time. It was the day after Drew Brees had had made his comments. Yep. And I remember 
I can't remember who brought it up, but the first two hours with Dan that day were about race and class and society and how we can get better and how we can get along and how we can understand each other. And he got up to use the restroom. And I'll never forget looking at my phone thinking, it's two hours. I don't know how much time I have with him. I haven't asked him a single question. (laughs) And yet I am so much smarter for the conversation that I just had. (laughs) You know, um, so if people, I mean, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Raymond Smalley where we post clips and, you know, we, you know, talk about, you know, high school football in general, but we also talk about, you know, this rivalry specifically. If you want to donate, you don't have to. Um, if you want to donate, uh, Venmo.com slash DOU Productions. Um, okay. And we'll, we can put that up somewhere that, on the screen. That, that'd so. be incredible. Um, or I guess I'm giving you a website. I guess it's just Venmo and it's COU Productions. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, yeah, again, we're starting to shoot the teaser trailer next week as, you know, because that, and that conversation we had was just how many businesses or individuals get a, a letter solicitation and how do we set ourselves apart? Okay, well, we have this that we've been working on for 11 months and I have this warehouse full of letterman jackets and helmets and megaphones, including your wife's, by the way, um, <laughs> and scrapbooks. And why don't we go to these places with the narrate? You know, I remember talking to my guy last week and he's like, do you have anything that we could use as narration? I'm like, I have the beginnings of something. Mm. Give me, give me a couple hours. And why don't we do this so we can say to people, this isn't theoretical. This isn't give me money. And then five years in the future, like there'll be a project. No, yeah, yeah you know, finance this. And I promise every single person in Dover and Philly that I've talked to or who watches this podcast or who will see me in subsequent interviews with, with outlets this week, I will not let you down. You, again, I am the custodian of the story. You have trusted me to, to tell this story, to, to, again, travel this road with me. I'm so grateful for that. I'll always be grateful for that. Um, and, and just, I mean, the reason I'm sitting here is that, you, you know, you had enough faith to have a three hour conversation over two conversations with me. Um, mm. that's, the, that's the best part of, of this whole thing is, you know, is everyone I've met is the stories I've heard, the story I get to tell that I absolutely want to tell. I want to do justice to this rivalry in these two places. Well, uh, real quick, um, who you got tonight? You don't have to make it. <laughs> you know, I had the worst feeling. I was driving in here and I said, he's going to ask me. It goes back to the conversation I had where somebody's like, have you been to anything since the project was announced? I said, between the two schools. They said, yeah. And I said, I went to both basketball games. They're, you know, boys and girls. And they're like, what did you wear? And I said, black and gray, black and white, gray and white. Okay. Nothing red, nothing crimson. All right. I had the worst feelings. I was driving. I'm like the game's in three days. He's going to ask me who I like. (laughs) He's going to ask me to make a pick. You don't have to. You don't have to. What I will say is this. I'll give it to you from both sides. From Dover. Dan F last year is a great example. He got to play the plucky underdog. Yeah. Which is rare. How many times in the history of Dan Ift being coach at Dover and coach in this rivalry has Dan Ift gotten to play the destitute underdog? Maybe, maybe when they came in five and four, it's the only 500 season they ever had. And by the way, Philly beat him 56-13 that night. 
So that's for, for anybody that is sleeping on Dover. Again, this is a scenario Dan Ift has never gotten to play out. We saw Aiden Hall play the game of the year last year. I, I know him well, and I know his family well, as I mentioned. He's perfectly capable of doing that again. So that's the Dover perspective, the Philly perspective. And I've said this to everybody who will listen. The absolute last person I want to be in New Philadelphia and Tuscarawas County is Matt Dennison. <laughs> because we talk about 2006 and 2011 and 2012 and 2016, 2019. Uh-huh. Last year, 9-0, and number one. And I know, I can, I can read the text now. Baron May broke his yeah, arm. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I understand that. However, you are 9-0, and state-ranked number one. You've obliterated everybody. You went to Steubenville and beat them. And you don't win this one? And this year, 2-3, and 4-1, and one, there is no reason at all if you... Put the matchups on a on an index card, Philly, Philly, yeah, Philly, yeah, Philly. Yeah. There is no chance that you can lose this game. Any- well, 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 I picked over twenty to fourteen. So. Okay, <laughs> but but that's both perspective. I had the worst. Like I said, I had the worst. Per- I had the worst feeling you were gonna ask me for this. <laughs> but that's both perspectives. If you're Dan, what do you have to lose? Yeah. If you're mad, you have everything to lose. Yeah. Well, Dover's been in that position a lot, but now it's the tables have turned. I'm looking for an exciting game. We do have to cut this short, though. Um, I appreciate you coming. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications, and I'll see you guys next episode. Thank you. Peace. Feel like Casablanca, shouting you my little mama. I got a crib out of water, save me Casablanca. It feels like Casablanca.